Welcome to a special XYZ three-episode series covering the X-Men film franchise. Zach and I watched all ten films, and we have thoughts. So the total series is about four hours. We recorded it all in one session, so that's why we split it up. There's a little bit of bleed in between, so you guys get a sense of you know where one where the conversation started and ended. The first part covers the George Floyd protests, Black Lives Matter. We give our thoughts on that, um, and X one all the way through X three. The second part covers Origins Wolverine all the way through Apocalypse, and the third part covers Logan and Dark Phoenix, and we also give our overall thoughts on the franchise. So yeah, enjoy. Let's dive in. Part three starts now. I'd say Logan. let's go on Logan. Logan. Um, I was trying to say it like Patrick Stewart does. I can't. Uh, Logan. 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 There you go. Uh, Logan. Twenty seventeen. Uh, came out in twenty seventeen. Directed by James Mangold. Um, in the year twenty twenty nine, a world weary, aging Logan cares for Professor X somewhere along the Mexican border. But his attempts to hide from the world are futile as his past comes back to haunt him in the form of a young mutant pursued by darker forces. Cool. Uh, yeah. Uh, so thoughts? Thoughts. Uh, great movie. Um, I, uh, it was interesting because I didn't really get it until the last third of the movie or last quarter of the movie. I didn't really like get why it was so good. I mean, you know, you, you definitely see immediately. Like, I overhyped it to you a little bit, I think. I, I texted you like before, right before you yeah. watched it, and I was like, "Yeah, oh yeah, it got some like some people said it might get Oscars." <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. So, okay, so you know, obviously, like the things that stand out immediately are the Western aesthetic, you know, the drunkenness, the blood, um, Wolverine being just kind of like "fuck you," you know. It's you know the the rated R shows very much, very much immediately. Yeah, and, I think they were a little bit showing that off. Yeah, in the first couple minutes. So you definitely feel that immediately, and the action has definitely way more kick than every other X-Men movie so far, for sure. Yeah. Um, uh, good to see a different another Patrick Stewart Charles and, like, a, a more fun and more – and fun in terms of, like, the acting, right? The, he definitely had a more fun time acting in this one and uh, just – yeah. Although the character – I mean, the character is funny, but he's not, like, a fun-loving older dude. I mean, he kind of is, I, actually. He kind of is, but also there's, like, a – deep sadness and darkness to it like it's, oh, it's yeah. not totally funny i need to be to be fully uh uh transparent uh my grandma's been going through a few uh memory issues and i talked to her like an hour before i watched this movie this time around yeah uh and like the you know it the first time he came on screen that was like really in my head yeah uh, but also it's funny when he like swings around on the on the wheelchair and he's like he starts doing a chalupa commercial uh <laughs> yeah but like then it gets like it's it's a weird uh it's a knife's edge of of tragedy and, and humor yeah. uh in that moment and it's i yeah. think it's balanced very well and you you definitely do have that elder care theme in there too because every, you know like logan's also getting older is he's still much more functional than charles is at this point but 
but you yeah. definitely see that um, uh, come out throughout the whole series. And like the way, and like Logan, like fucking cares. Like he, the way he folds up the wheelchair, I'm like, dude, that's a very cool detail. Is that like maybe maybe another series would just like ignore that? Like, but they, it shows that the people that made the movie really cared about showing that aspect of it, that disability part. Where it's like it, you know, because I, I've, I've, um, I don't have that much experience with it, but I, you know, like when, um, when I'm around friends that have, um, wheelchair, you know, friends, their family or friends in wheelchairs, it's like, yeah, it takes time to do that. It takes a lot of care and effort, and like, it's yeah. not always convenient. Like sometimes your fucking trunk is like full of shit that you have to move around to fit that thing in there, you know. And sometimes the damn thing won't close, and sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, my other grandma has had a wheelchair recently uh, and I've had to deal with it and it's like annoying and you had a whole fucking to do every time and you got to like look out for is this wheelchair accessible yeah Uh, and like that is very much like yeah you got to care for um this person that I love and I want to be able to care for them but sometimes it feels like a chore yeah um and I think uh, just in this movie like Logan he never complains about he never like says like fuck this thing why is this so annoying he's like it and that like that little detail just shows you how much he cares, and I that's that's a really good detail to have in there. Yeah, uh, no, I, I think it's it's great, and it, it's it's like a great turn for that Professor X character, and also the fact that he has a a brain degenerative. Like I think Donald Pierce, the the main villain, or at least one of the main villains, the robot hand guy, yeah, uh, says something along the lines of like, you know. Uh, you've got the most powerful brain on earth, like something of like, it's a weapon of mass destruction essentially. And he, he, it's, uh, and he's got dementia. Like that's, um, and it leads to some cool set pieces, like the whole fucking scene in the casino where everyone's frozen and Wolverine has to move really like slowly through it, uh, is, I don't know. It adds an interesting element. And also like, that's why in this version of the universe, I don't think, uh, like the cool thing about this movie is it takes place in the future. You can pretend it's canon. You can pretend it's not yeah. as to what happened with the rest of the X-Men. But like he used, he had an episode and the rest of the X-Men died. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. That's what I got from that. It's like, yeah, they all died because of him because like he had something. Yeah. Happen. Um, so like, ra- yeah. Um, random thoughts. So I don't forget this later. It's like, Oh, I realize those guys are reavers because they've mentioned that explicitly. It's like, Oh yeah. I remember the episode now in the anime series where they introduce reavers. Although those guys are all Aussies, <laughs> which is funny. Um, well, uh, Donald Pierce kind of had an accent. I feel like yeah, but he's, I he, he's, ta- he's like a Texan Southern type of thing. The very draw. So yeah, this is, he's a whole different character in the comic. Yeah. So, he's in the hellfire club at the, when he first shows up Yeah, with Sebastian saw. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, so, in the comics, not the movies. Right, right. So the next thing was, um, dude, it's it's awesome that like they showed Charles finally understands Logan, like that guilt. Um, it's uh, it's a cool moment. It's like, yeah, like I finally understand you. Um, that's yeah, and of course it's a little bit undercut because like clone mm-hmm. Logan like fucking kills him after that. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. It's, it's a it's a really cool moment. And um, next thing was like baby Wolverine, and so. This is when I was like, oh, like Westerns. Is it a theme in Westerns that like children are are like the older generation's chance at redemption? So because I saw that this is like Mandalorian, too. That's like the theme of the Mandalorian kind of. It's like he's a fucking bounty hunter. He really he cares about other people, but like he's mostly caring about himself a lot of the time. And then like this kid and that's that's his that's his like fork in the road. 
All right, so another pullback of the curtain is that I've been playing a lot of Red Dead Redemption recently. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, which is the game that you're just living in a Western. Uh, in the first one, or the first one, I'm playing the second one right now, but the first one is a big thing where, like, you're trying to, like, make sure that your son doesn't follow him to the same patterns as you. Yeah. Uh, and uh, because you were, like, a, a bandit and a killer. Uh, and then eventually your player character becomes the son. Spoiler. Oh, fuck. Spoiler. Oh, uh, I mean. But also, like, it's a game that's been out for 10 years. Yeah, even uh, I knew that, actually. And I haven't played many yeah. games. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's annoying that you have to play his son, actually. I don't like playing his son. But in, I'm playing the second one now, and his son is a character, but even younger, because the second one's weirdly a prequel. But um, I don't know if it's necessarily a theme specific to Westerns, but I think it's a theme that is very indicative of the kind of heroes you have in Westerns, mm -hmm. where a lot of times they are people who are burdened by guilt yeah. uh, and a loss of innocence. And I think adding in a character uh, like Laura slash X-23 mm -hmm. uh, is um, a kind of like a chance for redemption. Yeah. Uh, uh, it kind of offers hope and innocence in the future, and it kind of gives them like that's a that's something they do with Wolverine a lot in the comics. Is they kind of pair him with it's generally uh, a younger like a younger female mutant, where he kind of has this like relationship of like, oh, in them like I want them to be better than I was. Yeah. Uh, so it's like a little bit like him and Rogue, a little bit like it offers like a next chance of just like I'm gonna. Uh, make sure that this person doesn't make the same mistakes as me, and especially in somebody like Laura, who's literally um, cloned using his cells. Yep. Uh, it's kind of like she is me, and I. This is another path to redemption. This is another path to like, you know, maybe I'm completely broken and there's no pathway back for me, but I can help make sure that this person doesn't go down that path. Yeah. And I think that's. You know, it's definitely seen in a lot of Westerns, but I think it's more of just, like, the kind of heroes you have in Westerns. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And this movie obviously takes a lot from the Western genre. Yep. James Mangold has not been quiet about that. He has said on record that it's a secret Western a few times, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. And obviously they're watching the movie Shane uh, at one point in the movie. Yeah, so that's a little on the nose, but, you know, it's like, <laughs> I mean, I was a dense at that point to that theme a little bit, so it was good for me to actually see that. And like, so I have this, so I have this huge thing about like the, so yeah, this is, this movie is like surprisingly deep, especially once I got towards the end. So there's like two, there's like two dual, there's two tragedies of Logan in this one. Right. And like the mm -hmm. first, in, in, in my viewing of it. And the first one is like the, um, I guess the tragedy, of the old West lawman, which is the good guy, but he has to do bad things and he has to live with what he's done. And then he can't feed and because of that because of having to kill people and do these things, he feels like he can never live a normal life because of who he is and how like these actions haunt him. So that's kind of the, the general arc for Logan in, in overall in his just Wolverine in, in the, in the X-Men franchise on, on film. So that's kind of that tragedy. Right. And it's hammered yeah. home in this one. And then, so this is, this is where like the movie became like really good for me is where he shows up. Um, he shows up in Eden. So yes. the kids are running and then, you know, He's like, this place is fucking fake. You know, let's go to it and you'll see. But then they show up and um, the, the other kids that were being, that were basically the weapons that were made um, in, in the, the lab, same lab. Yeah, in the same Laura, lab as, yeah. Yeah, as Laura. They show up there. They're there already. So that's when, like, I started getting why this is, like, a good movie. So this is a, this is the second tragedy. So he, you know, he wakes up. It's the scene where he, um, where they're clipping his uh, his beard, basically, with the scissors. 
and they're just having fun and he wakes up and he's really serious so that's like the second tragedy of logan so like this is where i this is what i wrote this is okay so like that like when he wakes up and he sees that and these kids are just having fun and they're innocent that's his chance to be reborn man like that's his chance to like to soak in the innocent purity of these kids just having fun and have a new path forward in his life and to let go of his pain really and like when he doesn't when he's not able to do that and he's retained his seriousness about himself that then that's the moment where he retains his death wish that's hinted at throughout the movie and that's where he seals his own death you know because like so this is what it feels like yeah so he's like in that moment like you know um this is this is a little bit of headcanon where i'm like he's not healing because he his mind wants him to die so that's why he's not mm-hmm. healing that's the little headcanon sleep there but if you make that leap then yeah his failing to like absorb that youthful energy and make himself reborn is why he ends up dying that's that's the tragedy of this story of like logan the movie like that to me yeah yeah that's interesting yeah i like it i like it that's definitely that makes more sense than my crackpot theory (laughs) and um Uh, and one more other thing is um that's really surprisingly deep about like the um the Wolverine trilogy is uh, so this this is the like slight redemption of the um the first scene in uh, Origins. So like there's this idea and you know like it's a psychological idea that like people when you know when they're young they have a moment that something goes wrong and in that moment they have a conversation with themselves and they give themselves a command. And that command like a lot of times dominates the course of their life, right? Because that's yeah. the thing they go back. That's their survival mechanism that they learn at a very young age. And, um, I mean, I can tell you what mine was cause I, you know, been through some of this stuff, but like it's, um, seeing Charles's burial scene in Logan makes it very incredibly obvious what it is, which is he's, st- you know, so the scene he's bearing, he's bearing Charles and he's giving a little bit of a speech and he's, you know, like it's great acting, like Hugh Jackman kills it in the acting and he starts giving a little speech and tries to open up a little bit and he's crying and then he's just like he throws his shovel down. He's like, "Fuck this!" He goes to his car. He starts the car. Tries to leave everything behind. Car doesn't start. He's fucking so frustrated at that point. So that crystallized, with, along with Origins, what his command to himself all these years is, and it's run. It's simple. It's just run. Yeah, and and that's kind of the lesson that he learned in X One a little bit. And like after the tragedy of what happened with the X-Men beforehand, yeah. I think a little bit like of that died in him. Like he, he finally regained that with rogue and then that died in him a little bit. And then Laura kind of brings that back of just like, don't run this time. Yeah. Uh, Cause that's what she keeps yelling at him. It's like, yeah, you want to get out of here. You want to, you don't believe in any of this shit. You, that's what you do is you leave us, you, you leave us people. And he like, what, he probably feels some extra guilt because in a sense, he feels like maybe he he ran. He wasn't there when Professor X got killed. Yeah. You know, he wasn't there to save him. And like that was his whole thing of like, no, this is like what I'm supposed to be doing. This is my only point in life. Next is just caring for this man until he dies. Yeah. Uh, and he goes the first time that he helps somebody else out, which is he helps out that uh, that family by like going with the dad to like deal with the water is when Professor X gets killed. So it's sort of yeah. like almost almost to him that almost like leaves a sort of thing of like, fuck, maybe I should have been running with professor X. Why am I helping? Just helping always hurts. It always hurts. And then yeah, by yeah. the end, he finally learns like, 
no, it's good to help other people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like, so that, you know, and the the connect back to the origins scene is that that's where it develops, right? That's when when um mm-hmm. when uh, he believes, you know, his real dad kills who he believes is actually is his dad, and he the claws come out and he kill and uh, Logan kills his actual father. That's when he starts running, and basically since that point Ooh, in his life, okay, he never okay. stopped running, he, like not complete, like. You know, he does uh, – on occasion, he stales, settles down for, for stints. But, like, when things go to shit, that's his automatic response is, like, that command to himself lives on. Like, when – you know, in the Wolverine, when after Gene dies, after he's forced to kill Gene in uh, X3, that kicks in and he's off in the fucking middle of nowhere again. He's, he's running there. And, like, in this one, like, when um, – you know, in the, in the prehistory of Logan where – when Charles, you know, breaks everything – and basically gets the rest of the X-Men killed, his, Logan's instinct is to take him and run. And then, again, you know, when things get tough, and, you know, this is not, like, a life-threatening thing, but, like, when things got tough emotionally and he had to bury Charles, that kicked in yet again. He's like, I want to fucking run. And it just happens that the car is broken down and he can't do it, <laughs> you know? Hell yeah. Yeah, so that's uh, that's a very deep, like... Yeah, that makes everything. Yeah, this is a very deep movie. Once I like got to the end and thought about it, I was like, "Fuck, this is an incredible no, deep a movie." Lot going in, and there was definitely a lot of thought put into it. And I think it was, I think more than the other X Men movies in general, uh, mo- there were more choices made with intention. Yeah. Uh, um, and this definitely feels more like a specific voice is telling a specific story. Yeah. Uh, and I think it. I don't know. I I developed this weird and I think it's incredibly crackpot as I'm rereading all my notes I'm realizing this is even dumber than I thought uh yep uh my theory was that it it is a meta narrative for the genre of superhero movies uh and kind of using the western template for another genre that was really hot for a while and then died out uh and it was also kind of a, a a commentary on all because I've been watching all the X Men movies. Yeah, <laughs> just a commentary on like what the X Men franchise has become and what the superhero genre has become. Uh, and a little bit uh, of it has to do with like toxic fandom and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I so like Donald Pierce comes into the scene and he's like, uh, "Hey, yeah. by the way." I'm a fan. And that's when I started to develop the, 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 uh, the, um, uh, this weird meta commentary on it. So basically the idea of like, how does this go on? How do we keep these movies going? Especially like, what do you do now that Hugh Jackman's not going to be Wolverine? Do you, do you clone a new version of him? Do you make a exact copy with none of the heart that we had before? Or do you do something a little bit different? Uh, this is also clearly working into like why I liked X-Men first class. Yeah. Uh, do you do one who's a little bit different and kind of has a brand new flavor? Who's Laura in this case. Yep. Um, uh, and then I have like all weird things where I'm just nitpicking. This feels like I'm really nitpicking a dumb crackpot theory. I will admit that there may have been, um, some substances, uh, while watching this movie, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, at some point, uh, Hugh Jackman says something along the lines of uh, Logan says, we always thought we were part of God's plan. Maybe we we're God's mistake. Maybe this is the franchise that was a mistake. Maybe the MCU was the real one that was supposed to go on. The MCU is humans in this analogy. Um, uh, 
let's see. Uh, you were a mistake when we took you in. Xavier says that we gave you a family. Uh, maybe it makes more sense when you're off doing your own thing in your own trilogy. Um, and then Xavier also says, you're waiting for me to die. You know, like the X-Men franchise, we're all just waiting for it to die and join the Marvel Cinematic Universe at this point. Uh, kind of people have stopped caring about it. Uh, I don't think James Mangold actually intended any of these things. I want to be clear. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, they use comics as a guide, but the guy, the comics never exactly match reality. But then, like, there's kind of hope that they might. Um, uh, and then there's this idea of a new generation who still has a beloved nature for, like, the old mutants, and that's all the... Uh, for the old superheroes, like, like mm. kids still like these movies. Like maybe as adults have gotten a little bit jaded and we start to fight over like, Oh, this is not comic accurate or that's that, or like, that's, I don't like this thing. And like, really they're movies for kids and the kids are enjoying them. And the kids like snipping his hair off so that he looks like the goofy version of himself from the comics. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah, that's about all I had to say with that. Uh, yeah. I kind of stopped believing it, but like... I, mean, I, I like that. I mean, so I, I like that as a reading. So yeah, I, I mean, I agree with you. It's, you know, it's, it's pr most likely not intended to be that, to be that. No, but, not but, at all. But I, I love that as a reading. It's, I, I think that's very insightful to be honest. Most of my notes were every time I found something that like proved my theory correct as I would just be like, I would handpick that and just be like, this is, <laughs> this is it. Uh, uh, like I, there was a random doctor who picked him up and healed him. And I was like, that's a true believer. Cause like Stanley used to be like, Ah, oh, you're all true believers. Uh, Excelsior. Uh, so I, I was like, oh, see, true believers still exist. Um, yeah. Eden is the perfect version of the comic movie. It's the perfect thing from the comic book. It's the thing they saw in the comic book. It's, it's the ideal version of that. Uh, to Logan, that only exists in the comics, the jaded older guy. Yeah. Uh, to Laura, the hope for the future, it exists in the movies. It's not real. It is for Laura, Xavier says. Um keep making the superhero movies for kids is kind of what that's saying it's like it's still real for the kids it's proving worth that their superheroes still have worth i don't know because like there are a lot of anti-westerns at the end of uh like like unforgiven that are yeah. kind of about how like you know the western as a genre has died but there's still something there that like gives i actually haven't seen forgiven unforgiven so this is a bad oh it's connection. a great it's a great fucking movie though so you should definitely watch it i yeah. i I'm about to like, cause I just started playing Red Dead Redemption and I'm honestly, I am hooked. I think my movie watching is going to, now that I'm done with all these damn X-Men movies, <laughs> I'm going to watch so many fucking Westerns and Unforgiven is on that list. Oh, uh, I'm also going to, I think I'm going to get to Deadwood now. Yeah. Uh, I think that's going to be my new show. Cool. Hell yeah. I'm psyched. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I'm but, uh, really good. yeah, <laughs> I just, I'll just say that. Yeah. And I kind of like how they, you know, uh, First of all, you said it's a bit on the nose in Apocalypse when they have the big X, but I think it in this one when they turn his uh, grave marker from a cross to an X, I yeah. think that's actually is it, is it on the nose? Yes, but in this case, like it it actually hits that emotional beat. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah I agree with there. Yeah, yeah, and I kind of like that they end there. We don't know if they ever actually make it to Eden because uh, they're walking off to Canada or whatever, and yeah. there's people on the other side supposedly, yep. and like we're kind of just left with the hope that maybe they did. We got to believe that they did. Yep. You know, uh, and I also like when Logan says, so this is what it feels like when he dies. Yeah, uh, it's a good moment. I cried. I actually when I watched this Aww. movie this time, even though I've seen it before. 
yeah, I, like I think I, if I watch it again, I might because like once it's now that I see the um those those extra theories and the themes and the tragedies in there, like I I, I you know I I would get it more. I think yeah, I think this is a movie because now that I've seen it once and then and on reflection, I got so much more out of it and thinking about it. I think this is one that holds up more over time and you get more out of it as you watch it. Yeah, for that reason. Um, I only have a couple few more other points, which is um, I'm a little bit disappointed that like they didn't, you know, they have this met this different future where everything is crazy and fucked up and they, you know, they don't handle any of it. So I'm a little bit tiny bit disappointed, but it's not like, you know, because it's a high, very high concept setup, like no more mutants born and, you know, mm-hmm. this, this corporation. So it's it's left dangling. I, it's it's a that's a nitpick. Um, well, like they explain that the corporation did it, but like, yeah, uh, is the reason that no more mutants were born. But other than that, like, it feels very tossed off. Like when they mentioned that no more mutants were born, that was honestly a plot detail that I'd totally forgotten yeah. uh, from the last time I had watched the movie. Yeah, yeah. It's just, yeah, it's they don't really it's like, you know, if they, ha- you know, hypothetically, if they had a sequel, maybe they all go back and destroy the corporation or something like that. So there's a little bit that's like left hanging that I'm like, oh, that would have been cool. But it's not really relevant. It's just something, you know, that's a uh, hope that I, that is uh, unfulfilled a little bit. That's it. And, um, of the two things, there's like, um, this has got like a bit of a ring to it of like tale of two cities where it's like, you know, he believes his life is, you know, Logan believes kind of his life is a fuck up and he's like hurting everybody and he has no purpose and he's just a fuck up and he just goes around drinking and depressed and then the end, you know, it's you know, the famous line from the end of Tale of Two Cities. It's like a it's a far better place that I go to, you know, something like I don't remember the exact line, but, you know, he finally dies for something that he cares about. You know, he finally yeah. you know, does that. So there's a little bit of that. And then there, there's a there's like a macro element to this, which is like where the, the especially with the Wolverine and Logan, like the theme that he can't die. There's a little bit of this like Hamlet thing, which is like to be or not to be. And like. You know, in that speech, he's like, you know, the whether it is noble to suffer the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune or to take up arms against them and, and end them. He's talking about suicide, right? So basically, you know, at this point, like, Hamlet is, like, fucking crazy in his head and he's, just, like, suffering and he's like, should I just fucking kill myself? And and part of the, the – and you get that in Logan. It's just that he doesn't have the option to die. And so he's like he, – he has the struggle of to be or not to be. But he can't choose to not be, you know. So there's a, there's a little bit of that um, parallel with Hamlet that I see as well through those two movies. Yeah. Oh, that's good call. Like I don't know. It, I feel like it does take a lot of those like classical storytelling uh, conventions to help. Yeah. Uh, show him as like a tragic character. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I'm starting to get. Uh, I, I think we, we should move on to Dark Phoenix unless yes. you have anything else to say. No, I, I am starting to, to wear thin a little bit here. Yeah, yeah I need to eat. I, yeah, I need yeah. dinner, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we, we've been going for a long time, but, yeah, it you know, like, yeah, I wanted to get all, all the time. Yeah, yeah, so... Um, no, I, I think it was good. I, I just, uh, I, I think for, for the sake of everything, we need to get to the Dark Phoenix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just really enjoy talking about the extra stuff in Logan because I was like, damn, this movie's fucking deep, man, actually. So, it's great. Yeah. Uh, there, this is the thing is we waited until this point to talk to Lo- talk about Logan, but Logan is much more worth talking about than you know most of these. There's a lot more in it. Yeah. Uh, um. 
or at least like there's a lot of themes. There's a lot you can like dig into. Uh, I think it's worth a rewatch for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, I actually bought that uh, one beforehand, like so I have. A, oh yeah. I have a, I have it fully on YouTube instead of just rented. So. Yeah. I, I've gotten into the thing recently where I started buying steel books, mm-hmm. which are. Um, I'll show you. Uh, so this is a new one that I just bought. Uh, I actually ordered a couple today. This is one for the Fifth Element, and it's just like a cool looking. DVD and Blu-ray combo, and it's okay. in like a hard steel thing. Oh yeah, I've seen those. Um, yeah, yeah, and I, I've, I've weirdly gotten into them, uh, which is very on brand for me. But uh, I almost got the Logan one instead of renting it, and then I was like, oh, I'd have to wait uh, a few days. Yeah, uh, but I think I might just get it anyways because it's a good movie. Dude, I might, um, I might get that anyways, even though I have it on YouTube already. As a yeah, <laughs> it's like you know, yeah, it's it's it's, it's a very affecting movie, you know, like so yeah. Okay, Dark Phoenix. Yeah, Dark Phoenix. Uh, this was uh, okay. Wait, I was doing the plot summary thing. Yep. See, I'm already, I'm fading. Uh, Dark Phoenix uh, came out in 2019, uh, approximately uh, a month or two after the release of Avengers Endgame. I feel like that's pretty important to yes. uh, the context of this movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, directed by Simon Kinberg, uh, the X Men must f- face their most powerful foe yet when one of their own. Jean Grey starts to spiral out of control after a dangerous mission in space. The X-Men must band together to save her soul and protect her from those who would use her power for evil. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Uh, yeah, we can cover this very quickly. Cause I, there's not that much to talk about with it. Um, no, it kind of so, happened. So, okay. So uh, just, uh, just from my experience with the animated series, it adapts and condenses both the dark, both the OG Phoenix and the Dark Phoenix plot lines. You have the shuttle and the Empire from OG Phoenix, and then you kind of get the inner circle, just a little bit. The mansion kind of reminded me of that, and like Jean's inner struggles from Dark Phoenix. But at the same time, like so, they condense it, but they also like there's a there's a villain problem in this one, man. There's like the Phoenix Force isn't really explained very much at all. There's not very much motivation developed for the aliens. Phoenix Force, even if you do explain, I think if you explain the Phoenix Force, uh, general audiences will just like, <laughs> not that general audiences went to see this movie, but like people just wouldn't accept it. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, um, so in the dark. In yeah, the, but in like the... even the aliens in this one uh, are the Dabari. Yeah. Who in the Dark Phoenix saga, there is a famous interaction with aliens, um, but the more famous interaction is with Lalandra in the Shi'ar Empire. Yes. Whereas the Dabari in the Dark Phoenix saga of the comics are the Phoenix when Jean Grey had the Phoenix Force, she uh annihilated a solar system and the Dabari were in that solar system. So uh, like off world Dabaris are sometimes I guess villains in the comics. Uh because they're angry at Jean Grey, but they're not actually villains in that they're actually the victims like the victims she feels guilty about because she committed genocide. She like killed billions of people in the comics, which is why she has to die. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So the, in the, in the, in the animated series, they, she does destroy a solar system, but nobody's on it. So like, I missed that part. So mm. I didn't get the Dabari from that. So it's, it's a very affecting moment in the comics where you like see a little bit of a daily life for them, I think. And then like, and then just as, as like in a split second, they all were gone. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. So uh, the other thing, so the Phoenix force, at least in the, um, again, animated series, the, they explain it as something that, um, 
the reason that's there and like staying in Jean and is kind of getting more evil or whatever is that it just it's hungering for emotion and experiences. So and that's like pretty much left out of this one entirely. So I was like, eh. yeah. And then the Dabari, as far as like, yeah, the the villains are just not very well developed. They're just kind of window dressing for the other uh, inner character conflicts, which is disappointing because yeah. like they got Jessica Chastain, and I'm like, yeah, like, and you just have her she's, do like nothing. She's just there looking really pale. That's her main thing. Yeah. She's just there, and she's like, ah. I am Jessica Chastain, and I'm evil. Uh, Pretty much, uh, yeah. That's, that's about it. Um, yeah. I, I like, like, the status quo when this movie starts, where, like, this is the first time in ten movies where the X-Men are superheroes. Yeah. And they have, and it's very cartoonish how they're superheroes. Like, the president has, like, a phone for them. Like, that's straight out of Batman, the 1966 series, where, like, the president <laughs> has a direct line to the X-Mansion. Uh, and I kind of liked that about that where like, it felt goofy. It felt like, um, uh, it just, it felt like this like little goofy little note to it. Um, just, I don't know. I, I, I liked that detail. Uh, it was silly. And then, you know, that all, I like that like professor X in this movie is very, uh, full of himself and very pompous and yeah. like, oh, I'm great. I'm kind of God's gift to mutanity. And like, uh, Mystique calls him out on that and is like, "You yep. call us the X Men. What do you think the X stands for?" Um, yeah, it's it's good. I I don't know. I this was I expected nothing from this movie. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, same, same. Yeah, so like I had fun watching it. Uh, yeah, this is the only one I hadn't seen before. Yeah, and so okay. Um, like the summary of like what I thought about this was that um, I feel like the action and plot kind of fails, but the character and acting really succeed pretty well for me. Yeah, I feel like I'm mostly into the. Sorry, I'm just trying to like. I don't have my notes lined up for this. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I might not have them at all. They might not exist. Um, I might not have written as much as I thought. Yeah, I I think that like. Uh, yeah, the characters' sequence are is are kind of nice. Like you get a little bit more of Cyclops and Gene, and that's kind of uh fine uh i kind of like like magneto and gene stuff a little bit where like he he's like i don't really know this girl but she killed somebody i love so like yeah i've got this uh fear yeah uh, yeah they do a lot more with like beast with the the first class crew in this one i mm-hmm. feel like they do do a little bit with what's left of them at least yeah they do some stuff with yeah and just to get more into like the um the character beats is like a, a couple of like really key things for me that i liked is that, um, I mean, yeah, like you said, Charles being super in love with, you know, super in love with himself in this one, super full of himself. He likes the glory. Um, then the Hank and Charles falling out was like, I think a very key moment. And then, um, and that, that gets called back when, you know, they're on the train and, 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 uh, basically Charles apologized. And this, this ties back again to the days of future past theory, which is like the, um, I think like original Charles would not have apologized. I do think that like, from first class to this one, I think not counting the Wolverine movies in between. Yeah. Charles probably has the most of an arc in each of them. Yeah. Like from, from the first to the, cause Magneto has a big arc in early on. And then like this movie, he doesn't really do that much, honestly. Um, uh, in apocalypse, it's kind of a rep, rep uh, repetition of his arc, but like, I think James McAvoy's professor X gets to go through the most. Yeah. Uh, which is kind of nice. Yeah. Um, 
And it's like, you see that, so like, you seeing that side of him, it also explains kind of like why Eric is actually able to just like chill out in, yeah, in like a mutant uh, reservation, basically. It's yeah. like, it, it's, you know, like, it, again, it's like old Charles wouldn't have been able to admit, admit his mistakes or apologize for this type of stuff. So like that would keep on driving Eric away. This version is able to, and that's why he's able to like find his, you know, find something on the side and just like chill out there and find some type of peace. Um, and that's also, you know, that's a key point as well for like why, um, you know, we, we talked about why his, um, he lies to Jean in this one, but not, he doesn't mind prison her unconscious. So that's one part. But another part of it is that like, you know, he's able to admit his mistakes. So like that helps. I think there's a scene. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, um, where, where, where Jean actually realizes that, you know, everybody, all these other mutants are pretty much on her side and, it's, you know, she doesn't have to be crazy and um, and just, like, destroy everybody and lose control. So that's part of, like, that's not only the impact from Charles being able to um, not mind-prison her, it's also the impact of him being able to admit his mistakes and that reflects around and, like, that's the impact on her. She survives um, the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I she gets to do some interesting stuff. I've never been like super on board with Sophie Turner as like an actress, sure, uh, yeah. mostly because I guess she doesn't. She doesn't like. I feel like she doesn't do that much in most things I've seen her in, and like the other X Men movie, Game of Thrones. I feel like I don't get too much of her as an actress other than the character. Mm -hmm. But I feel like she got to do some interesting stuff in this one, and like. I don't know, because like it was her story. It was Jean uh, Grey's story. It was kind of cool to see an X-Men movie that was framed around a character other than specifically Wolverine, Professor X, or Magneto, because yeah. it felt like all the other X-Men movies, it was like they were the central characters, and it was kind of nice to see someone else get to be the central character. Obviously, like Mystique and Professor X uh definitely had their stories in this one that were pretty central to it and yeah. i think professor x might be really low-key like as you were saying maybe the the most um important character arc here uh even though but like it was kind of cool that like it was still gene gray's story yeah uh and you see um the one thing you see again going back to like that command that survival command like hers and this one's also they kind of make it obvious which is like be quiet so like that's every time she gets into trouble like that's she just fucking yells that shit out. And of course, you know, there's an impact as far as like how her, you know, um, how it manifests in powers. But yeah, I, I like that little psychological point that they have that as, and they just re-manifest it as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, you, you know, one thing I really liked about this movie uh, outside of the themes uh, of it was I actually like really liked the final, like the train sequence where they're fighting on the train. I just felt like everybody kind of got a chance to shine during that sequence yeah. and like got a chance to like show off their powers, which is something I think these movies don't do enough of. Yeah. Of just like giving everybody a little bit of, I was saying this way earlier in an earlier <laughs> movie where, uh, where uh, like, it just feels like they don't get enough of chance to like flex their powers sometimes. And this one, I think like during that train sequence gave everybody an, a chance to do it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, as I said earlier, fights on trains are inherently better. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, uh, er, ergo, uh, it's 
good fight scene. Though I yeah. think that was a reshoot. I think they there was like some controversy with this movie where there was a set piece they had to change because it was too similar. But I think something that happened in a Marvel movie mm. or a real disaster that happened in real life. One of those two reasons. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry, you were about to say something. No, I, there, there, I got maybe two more things to wrap up. So like, um, uh, so first, you know, just the. Just, just the movie itself. It's like, you know, there's a little bit of a failure of the send-off as, like, for the whole cast, but it does wrap up, like, Charles and Eric's arc very well and, like, their their little chess thing. You know, you mentioned it kind of reminds you of Dark Knight Rises, which I definitely see. I, I That scene is really good, and it's, like, reminds you of, like, what all the the characters have been through together. And, and like, for me, it reminds me of, again, like, the, the Dark Days of Future Past turn where this version, like, they're really friends and they're really able to just sit down and have a conversation in broad daylight. No, you know, there's no fear, nothing. They're just like able to be chill friends. And they're just like, able to be retired. Yeah. 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 It's a very, it's, I, it's a beautiful moment for me. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like most of this movie doesn't really succeed as an end to the X-Men franchise, yeah. but that one moment, uh, which is the moment they choose to use as the end has kind of, I do think uh, works a little bit, even if the movie as a whole doesn't yeah well yeah. i mean like the meta story of this movie is that it's a franchise that has been murdered by a bigger franchise and yeah. to the point where uh i was mentioning the reshoots i just googled it just so i knew uh they had to reshoot the whole final scene uh onto which scene on a train which now that i'm thinking about it i'm remembering when this came out people said was underwhelming based off what it could be it was supposed to be a whole third act where they had a space fight but Captain Marvel came out like five months earlier and it had a big space fight at the end. Yeah. So they had to reshoot it. So it was not a big space fight. Um, uh, but obviously this came out after Endgame. People, I think, were like, OK, we've seen superheroes. We're, we're good with superheroes. Yeah. Uh, I, I think Disney at this point had bought Fox, too. So, like, yeah. we knew they weren't going to be making any more of these movies. Uh, no one went to see this. No one had any interest in it. Um, and, and it just kind of, you can feel that weight, I think, in while you're watching the movie. I felt it at least of just yeah. like, this movie doesn't exist uh, at all. <laughs> it kind of feels like a whimper, like feels like they were like, okay, we still have this property. Let's fucking, let's make a movie. And I think they put more effort than that into it, but you still feel a little bit of that. Like there's almost a wariness to it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My, yeah. I, I, that's the other thing I was going to talk about is like the context in the grander like um pop culture with Endgame and the MCU was like I mean I remember like my first notion that this movie even existed was I was seeing a preview for it during Endgame. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like lols lols they think they can top this shit. And right. and given my previous experience with just seeing that um that Best Buy like ending of Apocalypse I was like nah nah you you guys ain't doing this shit. <laughs> it's not going to happen. So people I, don't care Hugh Jackman's not in it anymore. Yeah. It's just you know yeah, and like, you know, they set themselves up to be compared in in that way. I don't know if that was intentional, but yeah, and definitely fell short. Because like, you know, also the, the universe is, the continuity is a mess. And, you know, MCU isn't perfect, but the continuity is a lot more smooth and like connected than that. And and again, like the previous movie wasn't received, Apocalypse. And then um, there's not that much solo movies for character development like the MCU. They kind of did like an inverse where it's like the team up first and then they had yeah. a couple of solo movies. So and yeah. the solo movies are literally just on the guy who was essentially the main character of the uh, team up movies. Yeah, uh, exactly. They barely feel like so. Like 
that's why we included them in here, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You, you can't disconnect the two. <laughs> yeah. And that's why I feel like maybe, um, yeah, like the movie I think was, was adequate and I enjoyed it. And, but, and viewed in the context of like, oh, this is after Endgame and this is like supposed <laughs> to be the ending. It's like, that's why, that's probably why it was so badly reviewed and got, and just like received no attention. I remember getting a text on a group message thread uh, of somebody just being like, hey, does anybody want to go see that dumb new X-Men movie? Like, I know it's going to be bad, but like, I'm curious. Uh, and then no one responded because no one wanted to see the dumb new X-Men movie. <laughs> uh, which, you know what? Like watching it now on HBO uh, where I'm, you know, the, it's it's just available streaming yeah. and the stakes are a lot smaller and i know it's a dead franchise anyways yeah even though technically you've got the new mutants movie but um uh <laughs> it's just like i don't know it, there's no stakes involved it's like a fun enough it's it's kind of fun to just watch uh yeah. late at night you know yeah 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 that's pretty much it yeah that's what you know. <laughs> yeah. there's not yeah, much to it. It's it's like not it's just like it's such an underdog of a movie that I like maybe it's it's maybe it's worse than some of the others that I that I that I dislike more, but like I can't hate it cuz it's such an underdog, you know? Yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> uh for a super for a major superhero movie, it is an underdog yeah. at the very least. I have a little um, bit I have a little bit of biases because um it proves my theory. <laughs> It proved my Days of Future Past theory. So I'm a little bit biased towards it. Um, yeah, it, it feels like vindication. Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. But overall, yeah, I feel like this movie was like it. Um, if I would take that out, it's like it's a functional movie and it's got good character beats. Action's kind of meh um, and doesn't wrap up the franchise. So it's like, you know, it's a mediocre movie. Yeah. I will say one thing, because I've been uh, occasionally harping on the score with each of these, is that they do change the score. I believe Hans Zimmer does it this time. Mm -hmm. uh, though you do hear flashes, I think, of the original X-Men, the, at least the like the big trumpety, mm -hmm. um, you know, like the dun, 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 dun. I can't even do it now. I'm so dead. Um, <laughs> I really need dinner. Yeah, um, it's, it's been a very long uh, session. This has sure. been almost four hours. Uh, yeah, <laughs> um, there's a lot to talk uh, about. <laughs> yeah, fuck. We talked about ten movies, dude. Um, yep. yep. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't have anything substantial to say about it. I kind of like the Hans Zimmer soundtrack. I think is mm -hmm. what I was gonna say. Is is I I like that more than I expected. Even if it didn't really feel. I mean, I feel like superhero movies need to sound. Their their soundtrack needs to sound a little iconic, and I think. You know, this this is a series that sometimes does that and then sometimes does not. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't think I have anything. But why would I have things to say about this movie? I've already had things to say about it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much it. Man. Yeah. So it's there's a fight on a train and train fights are good. Yep. Yep. Biko, do you have anything left to say about the film X-Men Dark? Nope. Sorry. <laughs> Dark Phoenix. It does not have the word X Men in the title officially. Oh, really? Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, I believe it does on like HBO and stuff because they decided to do that on like re-release. Re mm -hmm. But like, actually, no. I think when I searched it on HBO, I couldn't find it because I searched for X Men. Um, <laughs> it was officially released in in theaters as Dark Phoenix, and there was a circle around the letter X in the on the poster. Oh, uh, yeah. So you so... knew it was an X Men movie. Uh, the only thing left to say would be like I I take the um the ending of Days of Future Past is what happens after this movie. That's about it. 
Yeah. Why wouldn't that happen? Yeah. I, I agree with you. I'm going to. Yes. Uh, and Nightcrawler probably hangs out at the X mansion. Now he's probably more involved. Yeah. Uh, but Alan Cummings wasn't available for the end of uh, days of future past, I guess. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, overall, overall thoughts on the franchise, I guess is the last thing. It's like, yeah. Um, I, I have an official ranking of, okay. of my personal ranking. Do you, do you care? I don't think rankings really matter, but I think they're fun to do as an exercise. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, so I go, this is just me. Uh, Logan, mm. number one, two first class, three X2, four X1, five the Wolverine, mm. six days of future past. Mm. Uh, that's me hating on the days of future past, but even I can't deny at least still better than dark Phoenix, even though I like dark Phoenix more for some reason. Um, <laughs> uh, dark Phoenix, number seven. X-Men The Last Stand, number eight, which is uh, big ups to that. Big ups to that, because uh, it used to be much farther down. Yeah. Uh, X-Men Apocalypse, number nine. X-Men Origins, Wolverine is an easy number 10. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think, like, see, the only thing, I, I don't have a very strict ranking. I, the only thing I would say for me is I would probably put Days of Future Past higher, um, because it sets up all I think most stuff. people would. Yeah. Yeah. It sets up a lot of stuff as well in the, in the further movies that make them better. Um, which, you know, like the themes I said about, you know, Charles actually it's being very different cornerstone to your theory. Yeah. 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 So that's basically the main thing. The others are I'm pretty reasonable. It's just, a, yeah, it's, um, I would add that, um, the, the bottom half, um, specifically, I would say that, um, yes, the, the rankings are still similar. I probably just have a better impression than you of what they, of how they feel, except for Wolverine uh, origins, Wolverine, which we both agree is just like. For me, it's just like far down. It's it's a definite tenth, like so definite tenth. And I think some of these are a bit fresher to you, whereas I have uh, feelings that are are often as like a teenager and, and just like very rooted in like angry nerd feelings that I think are uh, a bit stuck in time. Sure, uh, yeah. which is why Last Stand was so far down there for a while. Uh, yeah. Um, but yet I don't have those feelings about Dark Phoenix, which is why it ranks a little higher for me. Yeah. Uh, again, yeah, my yeah. stuff is similar. Just like the, the overall feeling of like, what was not, what was nine for you again? Apocalypse. Apocalypse. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, apocalypse and last stand, like I feel generally maybe a bit more positive about them, but the ranking still is pretty reasonable. Like I wouldn't really change it that much. It just, yeah. yeah. I, I think there are moments in them that are worth watching and that I would watch again. I don't know if I would like to voluntarily watch either of them again. Right. But maybe I'll go on YouTube and search up clips of my favorite parts. Yeah, you know? that that's yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I feel like unless is that the X Men? Is that we all we got to say? Uh, I have, I mean, so yeah, like I have a couple of thoughts. Like you know, Fastbender MVP of um for uh, for me, like it's <laughs> like the the two MVPs are like Fastbender and uh, Hugh Jackman of the of these movies. I think I've got to go McKellen and Fastbender. Yeah. But with a caveat of uh, for a guy who went in for just one movie and just fucking killed it. Well, I could say that for Brian too, but I'm going to go with Kelsey Grammer gets the, gets the uh, 
special award for a guy who just came into one movie and just fucking slaughtered it. Yeah. Uh, even though he doesn't really do a lot other than just be Kelsey Grammer. Uh, yeah. <laughs> for me, that 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 um special award would probably go to Alan Cummings for for Nightcrawler and Two. Ooh, yeah. that's actually probably like he's doing more work, I think, in that one. Yeah. Uh, I just get so much joy out of Frasier. <laughs> I I legitimately like because. When I read the comics, sometimes I hear certain voices when yeah. I like I'm reading a certain character, and I always hear Kelsey Grammer when I read it. So. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, yeah. I like Nicholas Holt a lot as an actor. Uh, I haven't really spoken about him much as Beast because I don't really find him very impressionable. And I also don't like the fact that he switches in between being a human and being Beast. Right. He should just be Beast all the time. I get that that's it's probably a similar thing with Jennifer Lawrence as Mystique, yeah. where that's so much makeup time. Yeah. But like part of the fun, like the whole thing with that character is that he's stuck in that mode and he can't change out of it. So yeah. the fact that he can really undercuts that character for me. Yeah, uh, it kind of does. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, okay, wait. I, I said I was done talking and that was a weird added on thing. That's fine, man. Uh, and uh, yeah. other, th- other thoughts is just like Logan's surprisingly, surprisingly really deep movie. Um, the, new, the new first class, you know, franchise version of that like surprisingly deep themes after days of future past like like um yeah and like you 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 responded to it and you like you weren't the originator of the theory and you were like yeah that makes sense and it was cool you know so um that that was a surprisingly deep theme is like the impact of like one little thing you know changing the course of history and it's a very human thing that's why i like that as so much it's not something like oh like some crazy like you know political thing where it's a the standard days of future past thing where you know, the media sees it and then it, it propagates. No, it's like a very small thing that Charles learned something and he changes his worldview from the from his old prime timeline version. And that makes uh, huge impact. He time travel incepted Charles Xavier. Yeah. Hugh Jackman did. Charles Xavier incepted himself by going into his own past version of mine and yeah. giving him a pep talk. <laughs> yeah. Uh uh yeah. Um I don't know. Uh yeah, rip effect will, of mystique uh, on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, two more things X Men related that I'll just quickly plug of like other X Men content out in the world is uh, one Wolverine and the X Men is another uh, cartoon that's on Disney Plus. There are three X Men cartoons. X Men Evolution is great. Uh, it's mm-hmm. like the X Men in high school. But I've been rewatching X Men uh, Wolverine and the X Men recently. And it kind of does that the whole time. It's basically just days of future past. Mm-hmm. It's just Professor Xavier's future consciousness giving them advice. Uh, and it's surprisingly good. Uh, and the other thing is uh, the current run of the X-Men, which starts with House of X, Powers of X, this comic, um, I think is really good. Uh, and it's really weird and epic. Um, and they're cool. It kind of takes the X-Men to an interesting new level where they are they own their own country, essentially, uh, it's, except it's not like Genosha. They're like their own culture. And there's a whole it's about societies growing, essentially, yeah. uh, and evolving. Uh, anyways, yeah, um, that's all I got to say about the X-Men. Yeah, that's about it, man. So, yeah, I think we're going to wrap this up now. It's already four. It's almost four hours. It's going to be a hell to edit. But um, I mean, I really enjoy uh, talking about it. So let me know if you need help at all um maybe uh, it'll just be like picking out where you know where to yeah. sit maybe and you can skip around so yeah um but yeah that's that's been pretty much it from from us uh they're very fun to watch through these movies 
very fun. There are definitely some periods where it was less fun, and, but <laughs> yeah. generally, at some point, it got made up. Uh, yeah, I I like most of these movies. Yeah, uh, yeah. the X Men are cool. All right. Yeah. So from uh, Eco and Zach, we're signing off. Signing off. Uh, have a wonderful day. And just one last time, also, Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter. Uh, yeah. Black Lives Matter. So that's the end of the series. Uh, we really hope you enjoyed it. We had a lot of fun watching these movies and talking about them. We got into some really deep stuff. And because uh, surprisingly, some of these movies are pretty deep. So um, hope you all enjoyed it. Uh, catch you on the flip side.